Welcome everybody to Eventually Super Train episode 140. I'm your main host Dan. How are you? How are you doing in this holiday season? It's it's uh, this is going up uh, around December 10th. I hope everyone is enjoying uh, the season. The hope there's a decent chill in the air. We are maybe some snow. There's a chill in the air where I am. We got rain, but we didn't. Uh, we don't get snow here, which is too bad. But uh, I hope all is well where you are. And in this episode, we are. What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh oh, we're a short-lived TV show podcast. Did you know that? We covered TV shows, the short-lived, never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. The three segments in this episode are, let us see, we are beginning with um, Tales of the Gold Monkey 18, then Fresno 5, and The Middleman 12. Yes, we are saying goodbye to The Middleman, which is sad. But next episode, uh, well, actually, the next episode, there won't be a brand new uh uh, old show starting up because I'm doing a uh, going to do a Christmassy thing, uh, but there uh, two two episodes from now, a brand new old show will, will start up and that'll be a good time for everyone. So uh, everyone enjoy the episode. I'm going to play a little Gold Monkey theme, and then myself and my host will be on the other side. <laughs> Monkey episode 18, Nakajima Kill, directed by Jack Whitman. Story by Tom Thomas, Andrew Schneider, teleplay by Andrew Schneider and Tom Green. This one aired March 18th, 1983. And this one, uh, Sarah's friend uh, Whitney, who's a world famous reporter, uh, sh- shows up on the island wanting to interview the uh, Minister of Defense, the Japanese Defense Minister, who, who has recently uh, avoided an assassination attempt. And she is on, uh, the Defense Minister is on Princess Koji's Island. And she tricks Jake into uh, flying her there along with Sarah and um, Corky and uh, uh, Whitney's uh, photographer, uh, um, uh, she, who's a, was a woman. And they go to the island, and um, Princess Koji isn't happy. The defense minister is there. Whitney is doing whatever she has to to get the um, interview. And the assassin may or may not be on the island with them. I'll leave it at that. Uh, let me give you a little burst of this, and uh, we'll be chatting on the other side. Bam, bam. Nakajima Kill. This is episode 18, right? Episode 18 of Tales of the Gold Monkey. We are getting near the end, and um, happy holidays, everyone. If you listen to this when it comes out, if you listen to this in the middle of, I don't know, July, well, I hope you're well. Keep Keep cool. Uh, but uh, but this is uh, this is Nakajima Kill. He's, we're we're near the end, and it's it's interesting. The um, the the show has taken on a little bit of a different feel than it had at the beginning, or maybe it's not. Maybe I'm lying. Could I be lying? It's the holidays, aren't they? Full of lies. I don't know. I'm gonna ask my friend C. R. Hawes what she thinks of whatever the hell I was just talking about. How you doing, C. R. <laughs> I am absolutely 100% not an assassin. How are you, Dan? I'm one of the world's leading photographers. <laughs> and not an assassin. <laughs> I, I, uh, so, so, so we're getting near the end of the show here. And um, one, of, one of the things with 
shows that go for full seasons is sometimes um, sometimes they just keep doing the same thing as they go along, but sometimes they evolve. You see that a lot with shows that go on for more than one season. I will always uh, look at Green Acres. Green Acres, the first season of Green Acres. Um, most of the first season of Green Acres is kind of a continuous, serialized building up the farm, building up the house kind of thing, which gradually fades at the end of the first season. The second season, the show kind of becomes the goofy thing we love. But the first season is also goofy. But some shows like Tales of the Gold Monkey, earlier on the um, the adventures seem to be less personal, I think. I, I don't know. I, I might be wrong on that. But, but it feels like it, it's changing slightly as the show's going along here. But I have someone... I'd like to ask her opinion about this episode. She doesn't have to respond to anything I just said because I'll talk about more about that later. Uh, but I want to talk to my friend H.R. Saws. Cray, Cray, Cragen, Ragen. How are you? What did you think of this episode? Chankamimer, John Bon Jovi. What is this called? Nakajima Kill. What did you think of this? Um, I actually really like this episode. Oh, it's tell a, me more. I think it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the, there's reasons for it and, and they're not always, they're not all good. I never like anything for the right reasons. <laughs> and I will definitely go over that, uh, in my trivia cause I have good trivia about this particular episode, but, um, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the, the secret assassin is a fun plot and, um, the, the whole rivalry between Sarah and her frenemy, Whitney, and then you have, the um the subplot with whatever's going on with Corky and his him attempting passions, and then there's um, the trip to see Princess Koji, which is always such yes. a great time yeah. when we go to see her. So, what do you think? So it was a lot. Uh, um, I it's it's funny. I I like this episode. I didn't love it, and I I think I probably. I, I probably didn't like it because do, do you remember the episode with um, the nun that you didn't yeah. like, right. and I liked that a little more than you did. Um, I th I think I've got the same thing here with Sarah and Kim Cattrall. I um I I I wasn't terribly enamored of their back and forth. Although you could probably convince me, if anyone can, you can convince me. <laughs> It's in the contract, but but I think it's going to be. Is um, but I think there. My favorite moments in this episode are sort of the, a lot of the side moments, um, like uh, Jake with that mask in the beginning, where he shakes it and goes, "Hello, Sarah," and then when when like the geisha girls are like stripping him, and he's looking at them and going, "Hello, my name's Jake. What's your name?" And it's just these little side moments, and there's a great moment where he's talking with um, uh, uh, Mr. McDowell's character, who I suddenly forgot his name, Louis. Um, yes. Yes, and and they they have they have a really nice chat before he goes away. It, it, I I love the asides in this episode, and the stuff with the princess more than the main story of the episode, which I either think is genius or complete flapdoodle 
I I don't know. I don't know. And and I'll I'll tell you why that is. But it's like I didn't dislike the episode. I enjoyed it when I watched it. But looking at it critically, there are a few a few things that I that that kind of made me go, huh. But but overall overall it is a fun episode. I I kind of I kind of do feel like the um the show is going in a more character driven ish direction in the second half here which of course is going to be too bad cuz it ends in three episodes but um hey you do what you can so what what else do you have on this one what uh more thoughts kim cattrall how about that kim cattrall oh yeah see i guess this could be one of those tropes that are is kind of annoying but i don't outright hate it but yes what is with these women who are like she is my best friend in college and then you meet that person it's like you absolutely hate each other yeah. what is wrong with you yeah. why is this person still in your sphere I need, <laughs> I need answers because they don't get along well i mean it's like they get along but it's like whitney's a very insufferable person and she has a self a big inflated self, sense of self yeah. and she kind of talks down to sarah all the time all the time like, why are yeah, why are you here? And yes, oh, let her just... come along. You know, some people aren't built for adventure and all this other stuff. And it's just like, how have you not pushed her off a dock yet? Yes, and and we know that Sarah is a spy, and mm-hmm. that's the worst part about it is we know that Sarah is doing more dangerous stuff than Whitney is, but yeah. she can't say it, and it's just like, and at the end, of course, she doesn't say it because she's not supposed to. But and so, like, as a viewer, how do you deal with that? Where it's like, I know, I love my Sarah. Don't get on Sarah like that. No, don't you do that. You know, it's funny. It's like watching the two of them argue sometimes. It's like both of these actresses, I, I love both of these actresses. And I, I, I also think they're gorgeous. But at the end, I wanted to kind of punch them both in the mouth. Because they were both getting on my nerves. Not Sarah as much, but it was like I wanted just like, come on, you two. But it, it's it's um yeah it's it's to me the thing is it's a it's a sitcom trope that I was thinking of mm-hmm. Petty, Petticoat Junction. There are at least two, maybe three episodes where someone comes into town who knew Kate or who knew Uncle Joe, and they show up and they're like snooty and rich and unpleasant to them. And for some reason, the writers and the laugh track think that's hilarious. As a human being, I don't. And some of this bothers me, too, because as much as I love Kim Cattrall, she, you're right, she's insufferable. And mm-hmm. I said, I, I applaud Jake for not picking her up and throwing her on the plane when, <laughs> when, when, the, when, when the princess's planes are attacking because it's and and that moment with the samurai where they're pulling the swords, mm-hmm. and she's still talking, and I don't, I don't think I I don't think I've heard Jake yell so. There's there's a moment in here, folks, yeah, where where something is happening. You know the samurai thing when they pull out the swords, they can't uh, resheath them without drawing mm-hmm. blood, and they're, they're the guys start to pull out the swords, and 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 Whitney, I'm I'm, I'm just going to call her Kim um, because I'll I'll forget her name and sound like an idiot when I do the wrong name, but but Kim, she keeps talking, and Jake just yells at her louder than I've ever heard him yell, to just get her to shut down for a moment, and it's 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 interesting because it's it's an interesting story because the the basic 
the basic the whole basic the thing is we need we the the defense minister is staying with the princess and so we're going to go see the princess but we're really not supposed to and we may be bringing an assassin and um and there's going to be trouble when we get there and i will be honest i could watch an entire episode of jake and the princess flirting and him trying to keep away from her i could too yes <laughs> is it aren't there, aren't there like a couple moments in there where you're like well jake why not you know what? Who 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 are you? You know, it's you, you. You're not doing it for me. You know, I'm I'm watching you. You know, like that's not for you. You know, it's like have a good time. I mean, she's gorgeous, yeah. and she's 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 got so much power, and she's you know, why not have someone like that on your side? And it wouldn't even have to be like that because she seems to like you. Yeah. So why not? You know, just say all right, princess. Ladies, go to your rooms. The princess and I are going to her bedroom. We're gonna hit the sack. Don't, don't you <laughs> come near us. We're gonna Bi- do some <laughs> negotiation. <laughs> Big Jake and Little Jake are on the job. Leave us alone. I'm sorry, that was terrible, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but you know, that's. I mean, it's not. It's not like she's. It's not like she's like Ilsa, she wolf of the SS, right? It's not like she's gonna like spend a night with him and then kill him i that's not the the feeling i get or is it is it should that be i don't get i don't i don't really get that from her no but it's obvious that even though she's fond of him she's not above killing him she no not at all if she needs to if she needs so to yes. it's not so basically yeah so if he you know hooked up with her it wouldn't change her feelings towards him and his likelihood of being killed or not <laughs> yes exactly it would not affect her I, I almost I, but, yeah but then yeah then I just had the thought is it better that he does not do that because as long as he is able to work because he's everyone around him like offends her constantly but he really never does yeah so it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna get that guy yeah. I'm gonna get that guy. You know, yeah. It's like, but as long as the chase is on, yeah, it's exciting. And I'd hate to have it be like they spend the night together, and then suddenly she calls her samurai friend over. The swords come out, and Jake's head goes flying into the um, the waters <laughs> in the Japanese gardens over the Huntington Gardens nearby, where I recognize the set where they're shooting it would, the. It would shooting be the, a more <laughs> brutal moonlighting ending, really. <laughs> Dave and Mary get together, kind of tank the show while they get together and Jake loses his head. And she, suddenly she becomes a giant spider and just eats his head. <laughs> oh, now that would be something. It would, because it's, it's just the thing, like, folks, folks, um, if you watch it, you like, you like watch Jake when, he, like, there's a moment where, like, like, where he's talking to her. And he's having and and they they take her robe off her and she's nude in front of him and then the geisha girls geisha girls begin to take his clothes off and she's just got a big smile on her face um, and but but it's like during those moments it's like man why not <laughs> I mean it's like you you and Sarah are 
you know, you, you're you're sweet, and and but that, that doesn't. It, it's like you're becoming more and more like brother and sister, as the as the show goes along. So why not? Um, if you're if you're going to have a little fun, why not have a little fun with the incredibly powerful Japanese princess? Why? Who's gorgeous? I mean, yeah. why not? Makes sense to me. Yes. So that is. Talk to you all next week, everyone. Next. Uh, no, so, no, there's more to the episode than that. So, um, so, um, but that, but to, to me, um, to me, that is kind of my favorite part of the episode is watching the two of them together because the the um, the Kim Kim Cattrall, the Whitney and Sarah stuff, to me got got a little too cliched from for my tastes because where that like Whitney is just absolutely horrible the whole time but then at the very end it's like I love you <laughs> I love you too <laughs> freeze frame you know it's like nah, it was a little too much for me um and the um and let's talk about the assassin shall we what did you think about the assassin and the plans and the disguises of the assassin. Okay. <laughs> Please. Like I said, um, I like things for the wrong reason. And the first <laughs> time we meet our, our assassin, which when you first meet her, him, you don't realize that that's the assassin. You just go, that's a dude with a lady's voiceover. That's all you, that's what <laughs> that's what uh, kind of Yes. Just, you're like, what is this casting about? Why is there a dude with a, a lady voiceover? And then later it comes a, apparent that, oh, <coughs> this is the assassin because he was um, in disguise as a Japanese person, as one of the defense minister's yes. friends in the per- first attempt. And then, yeah, so he's now in disguise as Prudy the camera lady, who poor Corky <laughs> finds himself Falls enamored with hey. because – Prudy also likes beer as much as he does yes. and does a lot of mechanical things and appreciates his mechanical talents. Yes. <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts is so they all have to stay on the island and Corky was said was talking to Jake and he says that he was going to give passion a try with Prudy and he ran away. so jake gives him a really nice pep talk and he tells him that love is like riding a horse and he's like because they're both painful when you fall (laughs) off it's like no (laughs) like way to pick up on that one quirky and it's true they are both painful but you have to keep getting on the horse if you're going to ride yes, it. So yes. that's what he meant by that. So he t- basically tells him to go back and try again, but then he kind of realizes that, wait a minute, there's something not right about Prudy. And it's because Jack keeps yes. sneezing around her, and mm-hmm. it's because he's an allergy to, what did they say, foam? It's, fo- it's, it's the it's the it's the um like the stuff you you pack in like photo uh, like the foam rubber or whatever it is that you pack in like photo um like when you're uh, got the big cameras and everything it's like that yeah. kind of um I want to say nippled but um, that sounds a little um, <laughs> raw for this but but you know what I mean everyone you know yeah. that kind of foam rubbery stuff and, and Jake Jack is 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 allergic to it yeah and apparently that's what Prudy was using to pad herself out to give her more curves 
Mm-hmm. And that's why Jack and Jack knows. Jack goes in there. Yes. While he's decommissioned. It's a, an odd <laughs> moment, right? It's a, yeah. it's a because yeah. it's now it's a blatant dude mm-hmm. sitting there with the female voiceover, mm-hmm. and he's mean mugging Jack, and I'm like, you heard that dog? I will come through the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird. The voiceovers like that. Like, have have you ever seen the film The Last of Sheila? I don't think so. Okay, then I won't talk any more about it. But it, it has a voiceover moment in that where you watch it and you go, huh, isn't that someone doing a voiceover? And then at the end of it, part of the revelation at the end of the movie involves that. And you're like, isn't that, wasn't that the voiceover? Isn't that, yeah, it, 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 you, you know what I mean? It's like, um, you're like, okay, that's not a woman because we've seen that it's a man and, and you see the hear the the fake voice and and it's like poor poor Corky I don't know yeah um, especially especially at the reveal when he was like I was gonna kiss her <laughs> you know hey hey Corky you, you you do whatever you gotta do man love is love yeah. you you love yeah. is love you have a good time sure. now and, 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 but but of course if that person is an assassin maybe you wanna get some yeah, you know you uh, check that. with some friends or something but yeah i can't i i would never go for it dude go for it um uh, but but the the tricky thing is like during those moments where it's like caitlin ohaney and kim cattrall and the guy dresses the woman you're like okay one of these is not like the other <laughs> and it's very obvious and they're, they're doing their best because she's she he is never quite um prominent when they're all there, she's kind of off to one side of the frame, do, loading up the, the the plane or taking stuff off the plane. It's only when, if it's only when if you're a jackass like we are, you sit <laughs> and you like look at it closely and like, hey. But I'm I'm fairly certain. I don't know if you watched this when it originally aired, you might not have spotted it right off until, until obviously the moment when you're like you're meant to spot it, kind of thing. But um. Yeah. Uh, so, so can I, I was going to ask, what did, what do you think of the assassin himself? Like his, his, his disguises, his plots, his this, his that, his other thing. Well, do are you, are you very impressed? Are you slightly confused? Are you, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, he's dedicated to sparkle motion with the disguises. Uh, He blended apparently right in and pretended to be the Japanese defense minister's um, friend, and he couldn't (laughs) recognize him. So Mm -hmm. clearly his disguises are very good. Um, And then he, he like, quick changed into a geisha. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm really impressed with his Stan Winston talents of (laughs) – making himself up and being these different people because that was like the main thing is that Princess Koji is interrogating all these business people who have known her since she was little because um, that he could be impersonating any one of them. They don't know. Yes. And that... So I do like that element of he is a master of disguise. He could blend into a side of beef. Yes. You know, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I, I love your Stan Winston thing because I thought if we go to the Deep South, he can become Pumpkinhead and go after someone, and I'm all for it. 
And you know what? He could be. He could be Pumpkinhead. He could be. It was fun. That's that's one of the things about the episode that I don't know if I hate it or love it is just how goofy the assassin is. So the assassin at the absolute height of Japanese and we saw how tough it is for them to get to the island um, you know they, they almost get shot down going to the island and this guy's able to walk up to the defense minister a white guy a tall white guy <laughs> is suddenly a Japanese guy who can walk up to the Japanese defense minister and I was like hey how you doing dude come on over yeah the minister's over here oh Nakajima alright let's do whoa that's not him and and <laughs> So it's like he's able to be the defense minister's best friend. Then he's able to be one of the top photographers in the world, sent from New York City. And then he's able to be the princess's best tea ceremony geisha girl. And the thing is, like, (laughs) I don't know if that's genius or goofball. I really, I really can't tell. Because it's almost like, it's almost like, 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 listen, listen right now, because I think someone might knock on your front door. <laughs> Kristen, it's your Uncle Steve. I'm here for Christmas. You open the door, and it's me. And instead of going, Dan, why are you at my front door? You go, hey, Uncle Steve is here. Let him in. And that's kind of what it is, you know. It's it's like, I don't, I don't fully get how this assassin works, but the joy of the episode is it doesn't bother to explain it. So no, if it it's if brilliant, it it's it's brilliant it's, in its ridiculousness. Yes, True. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it 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 very much is um, <laughs> it's and I mean when you think about it too, when you think about it too, it's like so the assassin was in Japan, dressed up as one of the defense minister's good pals, didn't make it, so then dressed up as one of the best female photographers in the world, got someone from New York City to send Kim Cattrall a note saying, we're sending you this photographer to go to the monkey bar to take you to this other place. And it's just the, the more you think about it, the more it's like, this isn't, like, there was, ladies and gentlemen, there were no cell phones, there was no internet. How the hell? And there's no, there is no intimation that this assassin is doing anything for anyone else. This assassin seems to be on their own, and they're and it's just like it's so good, and it's like yeah, either this is the best assassin in the whole wide world, or the most ridiculous. I can't tell. And the first time I watched it, I loved it. The second time I watched it, it got on my nerves. The third time I watch it, I'll probably love it again. So I, I, I can't really come down either way. But I'm just going to... That's why I'm giving it kind of a middle-of-the-road rating. Because I don't know whether I love this or, or not. Well, yeah, I can respect that. <laughs> so, so so what else do you have? Do you want to talk about... Would you like to talk about The Assassin more? Or you want to talk about Kim Cattrall and Whitney? Or? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything... Well, I do. I do want to point out though that at the very end, you know, after that, the assassin did not fare well. By the way, um, no. <laughs> Toto drew his sword. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, but at the very end, and when they're 
saying goodbye to Wayne and well. Even though you didn't really see their fight resolved in any mm-hmm. way, like, because they go at it in the bedroom and and get really snippy, and I guess the best that we have, they're still, like, hugging goodbye, like, oh, yes, well, we had a tense moment, but everything's great. Mm-hmm. And she admits to not dating that Doug whatever guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And But she's like... Jake is being nice to her and she doesn't know why and he's like well you know you paid for that trip but I didn't really get you there and he's and she's like well maybe one of these days and Jack barks no and I'm like I love you Jack <laughs> yes yeah that was a good that was a good I mean I mean at the end of it that that sweet moment with the Christmas cards where she you know it's um it's yeah. uh, Sarah's oh do you want to uh, please well, yeah, because uh, Sarah says that she saves all of Whitney's Christmas cards because they're from all over the world, and the stamps must be worth a fortune. And she and Jake asks if he if she saves uh, if Whitney saves hers, and she says, "Oh, I don't know. My stamps probably aren't that great." And then when right before Whitney leaves, she yells that she saves all of her Christmas cards. Yes. And so that was sweet. It's it's it, and, and the loveliness of it too is she yells it. And and Sarah's waving, and and Jake is right next to her, and Sarah basically says, and I'll lean back because I'm going to yell. <laughs> I can't understand what she's saying. And Jake says, she says she saves her Christmas cards, and and suddenly Sarah just gets this sweet look on her face, and it's like it's it's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice moment. It really it's a nice moment, but it's one of the yeah. it's one of those tricky things where like Whitney's been kind of an ass. For the previous forty-four minutes, does her being nice for one minute make her a good character, or should it, this may have been like if she, if Kim Cattrall had come back in a second season, maybe? Uh, but, but I'm I'm not I'm not sure. The more I watch shows like this, short-lived shows like it's, this, I'm not sure about characters like this. It's it's like one of those things where it's um, we'll never hear from her again. But it's like. that one little sweet moment at the end is like oh now I understand why Sarah likes her because she has these glimmers of being a human yes yes and she holds on to those and and that she's kind enough to send her Christmas cards like the bar is incredibly low (laughs) yeah and she does says like you have friends yes and and that's one of the you realize it's it's like that's one of the great things like we're 18 episodes in now and Sarah does have friends you know mm-hmm. she she came there to be a spy and do her thing but there are people there who would uh, give their life for her mm-hmm. and that's awesome that's awesome you know Whitney may not have that I mean the the funny the funny thing about Whitney is we never actually really see Whitney do anything. So so it's one of those things like I'm the best reporter around. I always get my da 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 and but we never see her do anything. So it's it's like it's her and everyone else saying, Oh, she is great. But we never actually see you know, it'd be like if they were like, He we're bringing the best magician ever and they never have the magician do a trick. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe maybe have the awesome reporter do something apart from standing there looking like Kim Cattrall which is hot but but not not a reporter I don't mean to denigrate but you know it's it's we all love Kim Cattrall right I mean I don't I mean I maybe I don't know but but it's like and this is Kim Cattrall this is early 80s Kim Cattrall this is Kim Cattrall around the time of Porky's 
which is a very different role for her. But um, but so so it's like it's 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 interesting because they because we know what Sarah has done, and um, we, we it's like there's was is there a point where um where she, um uh, Kim says to her something? Why did you even come on this trip? And we know why, <laughs> but she can't say. And so it's like, Ugh. you know, it's like I wish she could. I wish, I wish there could have been a moment where she took it, but but that wouldn't have worked because Whitney would have told everyone. Mm. So maybe that's, geez, Louise. I mean, if this show had gone on for a few seasons, it would have hit World War Two and would have been. Could you imagine? Oh yeah. When it wow wow. Oh my. Okay. So I'm gonna I got I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more thing. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would like an answer to that, but I have one more thing after that. Okay. Well, I'm I'm fine, and I, all I have left is trivia. So what do you oh, have as your one okay. more thing? I just got that one. Th- I'd love the thing where um, the princess is standing there with Jake, and again, Jake, come on, loosen up, dude. Loosen up. <laughs> have a good time. Have you seen the princess? I have. Yeah. Hop, hop in the hot tub, um, but but there's a moment where it's like, Jake, uh, what's happening now is um, he's and this is me doing the princess's voice and it's a little deeper than the princess's voice. Jake, we did, no, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> and she basically says, what they're doing now is they're taking the carp and they're going to kill it, carve it up in six seconds reconstitute it back in the way not reconstitute is the wrong word put it back together the way it was and then we're going to eat it and I thought okay sushi very fresh sushi sushi um but the two problems I have with that is one Jake doesn't join in I would have joined in why not I mean it you know it, it you know if if the princess who who has her your life in her hands says have a bite of this and then she has a bite and enjoys it why wouldn't you enjoy it? I mean, she's not she's not a cyborg, right? She's not the six million dollar princess or something like that. She 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 you know, as so so have a bite. But my second thought is I love that thing where it's like, We're Japanese and when we kill fish, they feel no pain. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, you know what you know what I'd like? I'd like a signed notarized affidavit from the fish, please. <laughs> Uh, because I think you're full of crap. I think the fish is, even if it's only six seconds, that fish is in so much pain <laughs> that there, there is like it's like it's you know, it's, you know, like there's a there's a dog whistle that only dogs can hear. There's a fish level that only other all the fish on the island are like, oh fuck, she did it again. Oh god, you know, it's like it's like I I love that moment. It's like. We're we're the Japanese on the island, and everything we do, from our samurai swords to the way we kill fish, is superior. And I love it because maybe it is. I don't know, but I think maybe sometimes you're full of junk. <laughs> so I'm gonna let that go. <laughs> I'm gonna let that go, and ask for some trivia from my friend Princess Hawes. I am a princess. Um, Yay! So I just have uh, one quick thing about the cast 
Mr. Reinhold, he was one of the businessmen, he was the German businessman, mm. um, was played by Jan Merlin, and he was a writer on Another World from 1973 to 1975. I just thought that was interesting and random. Um, wow. But <laughs> one of the reasons why I really like this episode is because it bears a striking resemblance to an episode of Magnum P.I. from season two called, oh the, Ger- called the Geroro Kill. <laughs> In it, you have a... Uh, a journalist played by Tyne Daly who's a friend of Magnum and Rick and TC's they knew her in Vietnam she was injured in Vietnam and since then she's been trying to get her career back on track trying to get bigger stories and one of the bigger stories that she's chasing she's um, currently interviewing some uh, official from some other country I don't remember what but uh, one is she's trying to get an interview with a former MI6 agent who was drummed out of the service. Um, and it turns out that this particular MI6 agent is now an assassin for hire. He ends up on Oahu to kill this um, this official that she's been interviewing. And that uh, assassin also tends to use disguises, particularly of the female variety. And it's huh. this this assassin. What's a little bit different about this <laughs> particular episode is that um, the assassin is played by Christopher Morley, who is an actor and a female impersonator. So we were not having any oh, uh, okay. female voiceovers. It was mm-hmm. it was him. He's actually really good. He looks uh, much more feminine uh, it, when he's dressed up as women, and. Uh, Part of that reason why he got drummed out of MI6 is because he preferred to dress as a woman. So we have that slight twist there. And if you've ever seen on Twitter or uh, maybe in other social media the meme of nuns don't work on Sundays and you see Magnum shooting a a nun, that's from that episode and he was actually shooting – the assassin oh, wow. who was dressed as a nun. He, he killed like twice wow. dressed as a nun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, it bears a striking resemblance. There's a lot of. It's not quite like uh, Texas Lightning and um, High Stakes Lady. It's not quite okay. that similar. But there's definitely mm, a lot of similar. Eh, similar enough. Okay. It's funny. I always, I always just thought they. I mean, I, I knew that. Um, obviously, plot lines reoccur. But I, I just, whenever I think of stuff like that, I just think of the W. Hermano stuff from Bourbon Street Beat, where they literally took old scripts and just rewrote them for the show because of writer strikes. But that's funny to think. And I want to see that. I want to see all of these. Oh, yeah. Gerardo um, Kill's really good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so when you're done with your Hawaii Five O podcast, are you going to do a. <laughs> A Magnum PI podcast. Magnum cast. I bet you could get Amanda Reyes I, to join I you. I would have to like it would have to be like the two of us doing it because oh, <laughs> wouldn't that my, I would she is my Magnum PI guru, so she I would I would listen to that a lot. <laughs> and I you know what I would actually do is I would actually do a podcast that was a commentary on every episode of your podcast. So I would have your podcast play in the background as I talked about it. <laughs> I said, did you hear what she said? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It would be a Magnum cast inception. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's, um, that, uh, what was this? Nakajima Kill. Yes. So we got three episodes left of the yeah. show? 
Next up is Borgor or Bust. And um, uh, what, where, where can we find you online, CR? You can find me at akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. You can also find me at my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. And so far, you can still find me talking about dudes and dresses over on Twitter at kikiwrites. Yes. And uh, thank you again. And we will, um, what do we, go? I don't even know where we are in this episode. Where are we going? Oh, oh, we're going here. Fresno, episode four. Yes, I did make a mistake in the opening. I realized I'm, this is hour five of Fresno, but it's episode four because the first episode was two hours. So, and the whole thing is six hours, five episodes. So this is... I've just confused myself again. Maybe I'll just... I don't know. I need a break. I'm kidding. Uh, it's going to be fine. Fresno, episode four, which aired November 19th, 1986. and is the fifth hour of the six. As written by Mark Enzel, Barry Kemp, Michael Petrini, and directed by Jeff Blechner. And I'm not going to go too far into it because uh, we, we talk a lot about it. But the... Um, the troubles between the Kensingtons and Canes continue, and there are revelations and betrayals and this, that, and the others, and, of course, some comedy. So I'm going to give you a little burst of music here, and uh, we'll be on the other side talking about this episode. Fresno. Episode four, this is hour five of six of our uh, my new favorite miniseries, I think. Um, and I think possibly also of my good friend Kristen Hawes, who is on here with me talking about Fresno. Kristen, how are you? I'm well, Dan. I'm feeling like uh, going to a costume party. What, yes. How do you feel? Oh, I feel, I, I'm going to be one hell of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Your father is a clown. What? Your father? There is a cloud. Some very hefty woman came into the girl, little girl's room and told me my father was a clown. At uh, that happens in the episode, folks. We're not we're not just winging it here. It's it's funny because we're this this episode ends with, and I think this is where it ends with Charles and Torch talking about the night Yancey died, and uh, Charles reveals who owned the other Rolls Royce. I think that is the ending of the episode. To me, that seems like the ending. So that's what we're going to talk up to here, and we're going to start with the end of the cat fight. And so we got, and I actually wrote here in big letters, cat fight with beans. <laughs> so there, there you go. And, um, uh, and and the lawyer, um, uh, 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 Ethel's lawyer, walks in and, and gives everyone their um, uh, not, not not a summons, but an, an invitation, something. Come to the will, come to the will reading. And uh, there's a great moment where the two, where Talon and Tiffany are on the ground, covered in beans. And I forget what one says to the other, um, but one of them gives the other a big slap, and then the other one gives the other one a big slap, and then they go back to what they were doing. And it's just, it's such a fun moment. And then like when, when Tiffany's reading her letter, 
And Talon is reading hers, then all of a sudden Talon begins to like look over, like she's looking over Tiffany's shoulder, like at a test or something. She starts looking over to see if, if something something's better on Tiffany's letter. I imagine they're all the same letters, right? I, I don't know, but um so, but I, I took over there. What did you What did you think of the What did you think of the episode? Feel free to the way we're doing this, folks. We're saying basics of what we thought. But the thing is, since it's one continuous story, this is just a chunk of the story, and it really won't be until the next episode where we can like give a proper ending to it. But we're we're just going to talk about things we liked in it and what we thought of the chunk in general. So, so Kristen, what do you think? Um, of the chunk in general, I really enjoyed it. I and it really doesn't have like a whole lot going on in the sense that we just have like the the will reading. Well, getting everybody to the will reading, but the will reading, the the costume party, and then the aftermath of the costume party. So it's like mm-hmm. just the, those three big things. I've never had so much fun at a will reading. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> and um, I, it was like. Back in the olden days of the Wheel of Fortune showcase showdown where you picked some really ugly ceramic dog. I mean, it was kind oh, of... Oh, yes. And, 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 they, and they showed your floating head going around like a living room. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the living room set for 400 Ding! Yeah. That was the quality of what yes. they were getting from that Wheel. And then I loved the costume party because I did love all of the costumes and how they... Um, sort of aligned with those characters mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. obviously Tiffany is going to be a little orphan Annie of course <laughs> with the really creepy glasses because yeah. she was being the cartoon yes without the uh, with no pupils or anything yes. just big white just like the opposite of like anime eyes yeah you know Probably the anime the yeah, scariest you... costume yeah. there yeah. oh yeah and Torch was, I don't know what he exactly was uh, other than shirtless, but he did carry a torch. Yeah, he was like a 300-style gladiator or something yeah. like that, yeah. And then um, you had Charlotte as Scarlett O'Hara, which obviously she's in charge of her ranch or plantation, mm-hmm. as it were. Plus it's a, also a kind of a wink and a nod at a old Carol Burnett skit that is yes. legend yeah. the now. The classic, the classic. And then you <laughs> had Acme there as the beekeeper and his henchmen are the bees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, just, it was all, and then you had, obviously, for reasons we will reveal, Kane's costume was quite appropriate. Yes, we will get to that. Again, there, yes. as I, as I didn't mention last time, there will be spoilers for the episode. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then of course, Talon going as Lady Godiva. Yes. And Kane going as the devil. And, it's just, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and one one of my favorite jokes in there, and it's a very specific to the time joke, and it's it's not a topical joke. It was it was one of the characters is dressed like a character from a famous underwear uh, commercial, <laughs> and I think I, I don't know who I think I want to say it's one of the big guys from the Raisin Corporation or something like that. Yeah. Or the, and he's dressed as the grapes guy from the Fruit of the Loom commercials. Back in the 70s and 80s, when the Fruit of the Looms underwear commercials, there were all sorts of, like, guys dressed as fruit jumping around. Don't ask. It just happened, and we went with it. But there's a moment where he's standing there talking to Kane, and Kane won't let his daughter, China have any refreshments, which turns out to be a good good thing. And... Um, and he's talking to this guy dressed as the Fruit of the Loom guy. And he, like, points at his daughter and goes, have you, have you met my daughter, China? She's the fruit of my loins. 
which is which is a strange thing to say, but if you know what the joke is with the guy in the grapes, it becomes a very funny thing. So I did um, love that joke. That was it's, a good joke. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a great it's a great costume party. They do a really nice job with it, and we even I forgot to look up the name of the miniseries. Is it Lace? That has the line, which one of you bitches is my mother? I think it's Lace. Oh, if Amanda hears this, she's going to be mad at me. I should, <laughs> I should know that. Because there was a famous miniseries. It was one of the first ones in the 80s that was a little more salacious. And it's... it's um, I'll try to find it for the next next uh, one. but it's, and, and it's about this like orphan girl who was looking for her mom. And she finds like it's either, her mom is either like the publisher of this huge magazine or the head of this perfume corporation or I don't know owns the Pittsburgh Steelers I don't know, I couldn't think of a third one but just something big you know she owns her own blimp factory I don't know and the final scene is basically the final scene is her just in a room with them so which one of you bitches is my mother and we get a very similar thing and I knew it was coming I thought. When Tiffany is standing in front of the clowns, I thought she was going to say, which one of you clowns is my father? But she says, which one of you bozos is my father? <laughs> I think they're both funny. But she delivers it wonderfully because she is not the – who I forget who plays the woman in, in Lace. She's a bit more assertive. And we're starting to get to the point where um, Tiffany's becoming like that. But she's dressed like little orphan Annie. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so it kind of makes everything a little weird. Um uh, what else on this one? What were some? What were some of your your? I mean, we've already said some of them, but a few more of your favorite bits. Um, okay, so at the will reading, because Earl, Earl thinks he's going to get everything, and it turns out that Ethel didn't own any of the land. Yes, that she was only doing the water rights for somebody else, and that's why she couldn't sell. So Earl Earl doesn't get anything, including the three hundred thousand dollars in Impala. Um, but the, when, but they all think she's get like everybody's sitting there thinking they're gonna get something good mm-hmm. from Ethel, and the only person that gets anything that they really like is Tiffany. Yes, she gets a saddle, and she's like, "Oh, that's so nice." And then what? Uh, Kane gets yes. the buffalo. Kane and Talon get the buffalo nickels, mm. which is worth about forty dollars. How much are these worth? About forty dollars, <laughs> and immediately it drops out of Talon's hands. So you hear it hit the floor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tyler Kane gets the Elvis that he was going to club yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Ethel with in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And then Charlotte gets the lucky clock. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like Great the old. most random garage sale shit yes. that gets the, passed around. The lucky clock from the woman who just got shot in the back. Yeah. While she was whining her damn clock. While she was whining the clock. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun scene. She, you know, Ethel, uh, yeah, Ethel had her own thing going, and I die to know how her, her and Earl got together. Um, oh. That that must have, well, I I think I might stand by whatever you remember. I think I said last time that I think like Earl was just like in the middle of a field, and she parked her trailer there and just built her life around Earl because he wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So much. I he just became. Her husband and um, oh, this saddle—it's so. I'm just jumping around with lines. This saddle, this is so lovely. Okay, happy trails. Can we get on with the? Can we get on with, can we get on with the will reading? Uh, um, yeah, and then they find out it's the this corporation that's got oh, the, yes. the rights, and they've got a Swiss bank account. And Kane's like, "Some yodelers got yes. it." 
I love that. I love it. Some damn yodelers got it, and I thought, like, is that like a Swiss? Like, is that like? Forgive me. Is that like calling someone a Polak or something like that? You know, is that like a? Is that like a real slur? Like, if I were to go to you know Switzerland, uh, you know, and just just call someone a damn yodeler, would I would I be asked to leave the country? I think they just look at you curiously. I think it's because <laughs> all we know of the Swiss are Ricola commercials. Yes, exactly. Bank accounts and chocolate. Banks of chocolate, yes, yes. And Lovely Mountains. Or is that yes. F- yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's DDDLP Corporation owns the land and the water. And that's why that's why she wouldn't sell. And um, and I, I love because this is really it's, – it's, again, for it being so silly, it's um, – it really is nicely plotted because you, you begin with the argument over the water rights, then she's suddenly shot, then you think it's going to be resolved, and then it's suddenly, no, we got to do the will, then you think it's going to get resolved again, and then suddenly it's like, who the hell owns it? It's like, so they can't get to that. And it's, 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 nicely, it's nicely plotted, even though it's very silly. It's all nicely plotted. And we get, we get the telethon, and it did work. When Jerry yeah. Van Dyke called his friend and said, "Can we get the three networks and like PBS or whatever satellite worldwide satellite hookup, twenty four hours from now for a telethon?" We can, great. He got it because they're they're all sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden the telethon comes on. Yeah. And and Bobby Joe's singing her um, number one with a bullet, and she's and all her background singers are are <laughs> women who also have um. Have uh, husbands in prison, <laughs> and they're they're all they're all having a good time. I do love the um, there, there's some kind of sweet about like all the guys in the prison, like the prison yes. guard has put out a little TV, so they're all watching, and like all these guys, all race, creeds, and colors are enjoying her music, and like slapping slapping Bobby, uh, Billy Joe on the back. I'm gonna get those names slapping Bill Paxton on the back <laughs> and saying well done. And there's even a point in the end where they're they're singing about like um. Uh, um, I forget if they ba- are they bad mouthing prisons or they're bad mouthing the police or something like that. And all the guys cheer, and you also see the cop who's watching; yeah. he's cheering too. They really get into it. It's one of those. Oh, and they start a free Billy sh- chant at the end. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the cop is getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and I again I forgot to look up, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to remember to look up um the Mary Hartman Mary Hartman character, the old bald guy and Mary Kate Place is his younger wife who wants to be the country star because this kind of reminded me of that but um, but they go through some rough patches in Mary Hartman Mary Hartman, some ridiculously <laughs> rough patches in Mary Hartman but then Mary Hartman Mary Hartman was 350 half hour episodes and not just six hours so um, but yeah it's great the telethon goes and she's um, she's gonna <laughs> we, yeah, we yeah we get to see the um the great uh, public defender again. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't quite, I don't quite understand. I, I mean, I understand her character, um, but I, I, it's just like, she just, she just shows up again. And she's like, okay, now we're going to go over everything that's going to happen in the arraignment. Time's up. What are you talking about? We haven't started. You were late. I think she had nail polish. She was trying to get out of her blouse. Yeah, so she so. said, we'll just wing it. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, uh, let's see. So we, yeah. So we have. So you want to go over a couple of the big moments that happen here when we hit the, um, hit the, uh, hit the part. Well, we go, went over, went over uh, Tiffany. Oh well, then something happened at Tiffany. Would you like to review a few of the big moments? There are a bunch of them. Okay. So obviously they're still trying to kill Kane. Yes. Um, and 
to do that, they end up spiking the punch. And <laughs> like you said, they're the because they're this the raisin ball or whatever the heck it is. Um, it was taken from them. The Kensingtons are boycotting the the refreshments. So China wants to get a drink of punch, and he is reminding her of that. And then everybody starts kind of dropping around them at fl- like flies because, well, they poisoned the punch. Yeah. And that's how they were going to get to Kane, but these <laughs> boycotting the refreshments. And she, he like slaps the the cup out of her hand and she is like daddy i am getting dehydrated (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah that's what happens to poor tiffany is just as she's about to find out who her father is she passes out from the poisoned punch and of course torch is there to carry her outside outside they 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 sit by the gazebo behind a bush for a while she she must i i don't understand if the if if I don't think did the people die from the punch? I mean that's the assumed thing, right? Is is because that's why they yeah must be how much how much they had. Well, or? they they couldn't have because um, Acme drinks a little bit of it too, but he doesn't oh, die. Right, yeah. So I'm not exact. I'm, so my guess is that they poisoned the punch, but it wasn't very good poison. Oh, that's true. Because everybody required. I mean, they are pretty incompetent. They blew up the mm. wrong truck, so. And they couldn't throw that's him off true, the water yeah. tower. That's so I think true. that's just further incompetence that not only did they poison the wrong people, but mm-hmm. they didn't even poison them well. The the uh, and I, I think I said this with in, in part two, but one of the things that the show is doing really nicely is it is is having moments where you can see sort of something coming from a mile away, but it still works. It's still funny. But then there are other things that surprise you. Like when Tiffany's there and she says, which one of you bows is my father? And then a moment later she passes out. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's surprising because then you think, why the hell did she pass out? But then you do remember like about two minutes before that, there is a shot of her like getting a little, get a little of the punch Yeah. as, as she's passing by. And she, but, but you, but you also sort of, as she's doing it, you don't think she's going to get poisoned by it. You just think she's nervous and she's just having a little something to take the edge off. Of course, I, I imagine it's not full of booze because then China shouldn't be drinking it. But maybe there's kitty version. They would have poisoned that too. Yeah, I'm are. guessing that the punch was not was not um, alcoholic, considering everybody was, had access yeah. to it. Yeah. They would have had a bar for cocktails, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. Charlotte would have been right there. <laughs> all the all the way, yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, I do I do like that because when she passes out, it's immediately like, wait a minute, did she pass out? Is it is it just too much asserting herself? Is is made her pass out too much? She's getting too much like self confidence after years, of, you know, being <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but then um, but but then a moment later, yeah, I actually have the scene playing right here, right now. She's got those glasses on, and torches just said, "I'm going to round up all the clowns or whatever." And so she's just standing there, and you see everyone getting drinks. And, um, yo, there's someone dressed as Elvis. Gosh. It's a, it's a pretty good party. Um, uh, so, uh, let's see. Oh, um, there, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple other big things happen. Um, would you, I'll, 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 I'll mention one. Okay. I was going to say that, um, obviously it, it turns out that, um, who yeah, who else could it be? Kane is Tyler Kane is is Tiffany's father, and Charlotte and Kane meet in the gazebo, 
and they discovered that they're still in, they were in love once. Then Yancey came along, and although I'm, I I don't really remember, they, they just they just kept saying that you know we were we were in love we were in love once Charlotte. Then Yancey came along, yeah, but we never stopped loving each other. But they never sort of say like, yeah, Yancey he was great, or they never say like why. I, I, I don't think that's meant to be a joke. I, I don't know what that's meant to be. But it's kind of interesting that there's never a moment where, like, I, I don't remember a moment, at least in this episode, where Charlotte's like, oh, Yancey. Because uh, it's all about Kane. They fall in love. They spend the night together. They have breakfast together. They're in love. And the, the whole thing by the end of the episode seems to be taking a very different turn. And, in fact, when Kane, her her son Kane, shows up, that's... um. <laughs> That's uh, one of Charles Grodin's big um, big moments there where he just keeps insulting Kane over and over again <laughs> as Dabney Coleman very calmly sits and eats his breakfast. Yeah, and he calls him fertilizer and potting soil. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, kids. Um, now, there, there's, another big, there's another big reveal when we, we, see, um, we see Torch and Tiffany. What it, and you get Torch's big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Torch's big reveal is that he's actually Yancey's illegitimate son. Yes. That was that was um, uh, who his mother was briefly with as he passed through, and he came to confront Yancey about it, and then found out he was dead, so he was staying on to solve his murder. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a great moment where, and and I was hoping this would happen where. Um, uh, they're, 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 the two of them are looking at, at one another, and you can tell they really fancy one another. And 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 Tiffany says, in that way that Tiffany has said stuff like, she's just said slightly awkward innuendo type things throughout the series. And she looks at, she looks at, and this is actually the next morning. The sun's out, and they're they're just sitting. They're like, <laughs> like I I hope they got all the bodies and the people to the hospital and everything. <laughs> I'm sure because Kane and Cheryl, I think they retired to the bedroom very early. And left the party, just the chaos. Of, I would have loved it if it was like a, if you saw like a, like Mask of the Red Death style thing where there were just a, a <laughs> slew of bodies there. Um, you don't, you don't, you just start to see people drop. Um, and, um, and there's a moment where, um, uh, where Tiffany looks at, and, and forgive me, everyone, for getting, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking you all this. Tiffany looks at, at Torch and says, basically, um, can we make love? And Torch is like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And she goes, no, no, no. I mean, if your dad is Yancey and my mom is Charlotte and they're both Kensingtons, what does that make us? And then they kind of look, not quite at the camera, but they begin to kind of work out what the, um, how everything works. And they decide it's okay. But then the sprinklers go on. So that saves us from having, okay, to me, it's fine. Go for it. You know, well, it's it's funny because first of all, he says that we're half siblings by marriage, and I'm like, no, that's what a step sibling is, my yes. good dude. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because when I watch that scene, I like I said, don't know much about nighttime soaps, but daytime soaps are incredibly borderline incestuous because yes. everybody they introduce has to be related to somebody else, and then they mm-hmm. all sleep with each other and stuff. There is right now on one soap opera, I will not name it, um, <laughs> but. There's a couple that's together that share a half-sibling. His mom and her dad had a kid together, 
Oh. But now they're together, and they have children with other people that are, like, the same age, if not older, as their half-sibling. It is just the weirdest wow. thing. And it's like, yeah, that's how close soap operas will come. Yes. To writing, to writing the Alabama bloodline. <laughs> well, that, that and, was always – oh, I'm sorry. And that's all I could think of when they were trying to – uh, pick that apart in that scene of whether or not they were related. I'm like, yes, because that's just how close they will come on soap opera. Yes, yes, and it's it's funny because you can see they're they're really trying hard because because when she first thinks about it, she gets a yuck look on her face. But you can see he's thinking like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. We can do this. We can do this. You know, it's like it's like it's like um it's like doing a maze that has like four different ways. <laughs> You know, it's like you, you you do one, but it's not the right one. And so you're like, we're going to do this again. We're that that one didn't work. That one took us to the incest tree. Now we're we're going to go to we're going to go to the happy love nest. You know, and it's 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 such a lovely scene because you you could they they've grown so fond of one another and they're working together and they're working towards more or less sort of the same thing. And and I like that she doesn't she doesn't get mad at it because she says to him like a couple episodes ago, you're telling me the truth, and he says yes, and then like he says mostly. Yeah. Or, or something like that. And so you know, obviously, he has a secret. Obviously, he's a man who came out of nowhere who refuses to wear a shirt. And he's he's obviously, he's up to something. But I love that when she's learned what her parenting, parentage is, um, he he sort of is now able to say his. And, and, it, and it doesn't, and she doesn't say something like, why did you tell me, you know, you were doing this too? Or why did you tell me this? She's like, you know, I, I did, we got so wrapped up in finding out what was going on with me. I, I didn't really think to, um, we didn't really think to focus on you. Um, and it's, it's kind of a nice sweet moment. You can say they are, they are a sweet couple when they are looking at each other, trying to figure out if they can fool around behind that bush. Um, <laughs> And 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 then and then I, I guess it's God that decides, or the gardeners, because the automatic sprinkler goes off. <laughs> and for a moment, for a moment, they're shocked, but then at the end, they're kind of just laughing and looking at one another. And it's really, it's really, it's really a, a sweet and a very funny and, like you said, a very soap opera moment. Because there's a, I think I think I mentioned back in the first episode, and if I didn't, I should have. When we first see Candy, and I, I mentioned Charlene uh, Tilton's character, Lucy. On Dallas, the first time we see Lucy, she's up in the hayloft having, uh, it's implied she's having some, you know, slap and tickle a little hoo-hoo with Ray, the, the main farmhand. And, um, but then it turns out four seasons later that um, he is one of the Ewing brothers. She is, she is a, she is... It's Gary, Bobby. He's a, he's a half Ewing brother. So it's Gary, Bobby, and Jr. Lucy is Gary's child, and and all three of the boys. It's Jock and Miss Ellie are their parents, and Ray is Jock's son, with another woman. And in the first season, he spends a lot of time sleeping around with Lucy, which one of course is is illegal because she's like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, but it is Texas, so I guess all bets are off. Um, uh, and 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 two, I don't know what the relationship is there, but that's pretty darn close. When when your grandfather, when the guy you're sleeping with, his father is your grandfather. Yeah. That's that's, that's... I don't know exactly. Is that a, a, a step? No, that's half uncle. Is that a half yeah, uncle? Yeah, yeah. They're they're they've got they share blood. So yes, I mean definitely. it's a distance. 
Mm-hmm. And there's like the half thing that comes in, but still, that's that's your 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 names are both appearing on the same family tree. That's all <laughs> yes, I'm saying. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I, I I think I think Tiffany and Torch. I think in my mind, just because I want to see them happy together, I think they're just far enough. Well, yeah, they're not related at all. Yeah, the, no, they would have the... been step siblings, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's fine. They're fine. No blood, no blood involved. They're good. Yes. Uh, so so um, and we get uh, and Charles the chauffeur thinks he's almost got the Rolls Royce fixed. <laughs> and um, and we get I guess the last final sort of big revelation. Would you like to tell the story of the Rolls? Um. Yes, I will. Well, there's actually two with Charles. Um, revelations because oh, he admits yeah. he because Kane asked something about this costume that he finds on the rolls or by the car. Yes, and so he was the actually the the hefty woman mm-hmm. that divulged the secret. Um, so you we didn't know Charles knew that, but Charles also was um he went out the night that Yancey went to the dehydrator. He went out mm. to go put the, the rolls away because they don't want to expose it to moisture. Yes, yes. But he saw the rolls down by the dehydrator, mm. and he figured that Yancey had taken it down there for reasons, and so he went to bed. But then the next morning, the rolls was in the garage, and he asked around, and no one knew how it got there. No one knew who put it away. Mm. So Torch posits the theory that maybe it was a different rolls, and he says, well, that's kind of unlikely because the only other roles that was owned in the area at the time was dun 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 um, Tyler Kane. Yes. And then they look at each other and it fades out and I am um, that my guess is that um that's where the end of the episode is. Yeah. I think. So and I will say this, um I just I have the episode playing right here and we just got the can we make love scene and um, the two of them are getting showered in water <laughs> and they kiss. And the great thing is that um the little orphan Annie skirt is rather short, but not as short as the gladiator skirt. <laughs> so he's 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 taking it, taking it, taking it great and making it great. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's he's being the man beef really well. Yes, he really is. Um, and uh, I I do I do like the um the the way they do the story that Charles tells with the Rolls Royce. You can there's something there's it's 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 it's, it's you know, obviously, you know something sinister is going on, but it has a feeling of something more sinister going on. That, and then the Rolls Royce revelation comes up, and you're like, "Huh, interesting." And it was funny because I never thought, "Oh, maybe it's another Rolls Royce." Oh yeah, I didn't. I I I didn't think that. Is, and they have, and and then I'll stop talking and ask you if you have any more because I think I'm 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 good. But the um uh uh the the mo- the, the the line that I think we've heard three or four times now. Where, where someone asked someone about something and they said, um, huh, that, you know, uh, uh, that's interesting. Well, hadn't you had that ever occurred to you? Uh, no, it never had. That is not until now. <laughs> and for some reason, it's not a funny line, but at least three people, I think, have said it. Yeah. And so it becomes a weird sort of reoccurring, like, like, um, like if they had a poster for it, you know, have you ever wanted to watch Fresno? No. That is not until now. <laughs> uh, so, so do you have anything else on this one? Any trivia? Anything? Anything? Um, I have one little sight gag I want to mention, then I have some trivia. So, when we see um, uh, Tyler Kane and Charlotte 
after mm-hmm. after their passionate evening. It does the very uh, soap opera thing where you see the trail of clothes to the bed, except because yeah. they were at a costume party, it's like their costume bits. So, like, it starts with clown shoes, and I can't tell you, I laugh so damn hard. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Obviously, yeah. that's logical, but it's still – the. The, in the throes of passion, there are those clown shoes. <laughs> but when it pans to the bed, they're both fully dressed in like pajamas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a very sort of older, older person kind of thing. So, uh, yes, it was it was lovely. Yes. Um, um, oh, and I do I do forget Candy does reappear in this episode. She hasn't done yes. much, but she does reappear. She's in like um, she's not in school. She's practicing something for the Raisin Festival. She's in a very, like, tight, I don't even know what it is, kind of outfit. It's a pink-ish shirt and pants, and I don't know what, it's very 80s. And, which is, which is not, I'm not denigrating. But, but, but the whole time she's just given the, she's given the lawyer, like, you know, Lolita looks. And the lawyer just has a look on his face like, um, uh, and, and then, and she's like, would you like me to get my uncle? Yeah. Uncle Tyler! And then she... <laughs> and then she does a thing which I don't... I don't fully understand, but uh, the look on the lawyer's face when she's, she holds up a baton, I guess she's going to do a majorette thing. And she, and she says something like, would you like to see what I do with my... what I do with my baton? Or something like that. Yeah. Would you like to see the trick I do with my... And the look on his face is one of... <sighs> he was not thinking of twirling in that moment. No, no, not at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like to think that maybe um, she 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 just doing that because she can do that. She didn't have any. She knew she knew he'd be down yeah. there in a moment. And then I start to think at the end of the day, um, the the um, the Kensington house is so full of people, but the only two people in the Kane house are him and his niece. Is she his niece? Is the question I, I wonder. I don't see why not. I thought that too, but just the fact that there's no, there's no one else there. There's no sister there. There's no brother there. There's no anyone. It's just him and a niece in this enormous house. It's almost like, yes, that's my niece. You know, no, that's my... it, it, it's, it, to me, it feels like a throwback of all of those um, bachelor men that ended up taking in their oh, siblings' sure, yeah. children. Yeah, that's right. Because back in like in the fifties and sixties, uh, yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, like the wives were dying left and right and leaving courtship of Eddie's father and all the, you know, and just leaving all sorts of kids with, it. yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, gosh. But it, it is weird. Like when I watched in this one, just because I thought, when, like when when we see him like eating breakfast, unless unless Charlotte's there, it's always by himself. He's always by himself. But Candy's there. And then I almost wonder if Candy's like much uh, like older than she's he says she is. Maybe you know I'm not saying it's like the orphan or something like that, but it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's like like maybe I I love it, I'll, I'll mention her again in the in the um in the next episode. Um, but uh, but it just occurred to me because I just I just I just saw that that scene come up here and I thought yeah we see her again. I felt like she should have done be doing more um because because i get the character but i don't um i don't fully get what's happening there but maybe we will in the next episode maybe we won't so did you give your trivia i'm sorry did i cut you yes i got i have two little bits of trivia um one at the at the raisin ball uh charlotte's sitting there in her 
Scarlet O'Hare costume, which flips up when she sits down. Yes. <laughs> and she's approached by a man at, who asks her to dance, and it's the mayor of Fresno. And it actually says yes! on the screen, actually the mayor of Fresno. Not, that's not a joke. That was actually the mayor of Fresno. His name's uh, Dale Doig, and he was the mayor at the time wow. that they filmed this. Wow. That's it's that's fantastic. That's yeah. it's, it's it's like in in the first episode there was that moment where like they walked in the foyer. It's like Kensington foyer. Yeah, and it was almost like I wonder if there was an earlier version where they did more of more that of sort that. of Mel Brooksy yeah. um, Zucker Abrams Zucker style stuff. And then at some point someone decided, you know, it's actually funnier the closer it looks yeah. to a soap opera. The the more the more we can make it so that people think they're actually watching us, which is like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Right. You know, there, there are episodes of that where if you were to just show, it looks like a cheap 70s soap opera. Except instead of being about super rich people, it's about a bunch of really boring people in Ohio <laughs> who have crazy crap happen to them constantly. Yes, I remember watching that as a kid and it's... think and not realizing because I was too young to really get that, that it was the satire <laughs> yeah. but i do remember the guy drowning in his chicken suit yes drowning and, and the there's the little uh the little boy preacher who who has the tv propped up above his bathtub yes. and when mary goes in there to take care of him uh the tv falls in the bathtub and electrocutes the little kid yeah. <laughs> and then, and then martin Ma. Really, really kind of dark it was yeah martin martin mull plays his he, he martin mull played two characters one of whom hosted fernwood tonight which is a hilarious talk show ripoff. Yes, I've seen that uh, with, with Fred, Fred Willard. Hilarious, hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had he played a, a, he had a twin brother and he was a, 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 a forgive me he was a wife beater, and in the end he gets impaled upon the family's aluminum Christmas tree. <laughs> Mary Harvey, Mary Harvey. Yeah, I, I have the Shout Factory set with all three hundred and fifty-two episodes, and I've watched them all. I absolutely adore it. The first season is better than the second, but they're both worth watching. And they're lots of fun. But if if you didn't know, there's a good chance you could watch a full episode. with Because there's no laugh track and no one's playing it up. They're just doing their thing. You could, I think you could legitimately watch a full episode. Just think, oh, this is a 70s family. Yeah. You know, unless you knew like who, you know, unless you knew, oh, this is Louise Lasser. This is probably... Not serious, but but yeah. The um, the only thing with Mary Hardman, Mary Hardman, is that it also replicates the pacing of a daytime soap opera, yeah. which means that it doesn't go quickly, except when it does, and that's not often. But it's actually quite lovely. Anyway, um, that's a, that's a. I, I should do a Mary Hardman, Mary Hardman cast. There you go. But but the the. When Louise Lasser left, they did another half season called Fernwood Forever, which I can't find. But I have I have Fernwood Tonight, which is hilarious. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to stop talking about Mary Hardman, Mary Hardman, which, again, is a satire of soap operas. And I'm actually, in our sixth episode, I'm going to mention one more satire of, of nighttime soap operas that was on the radio. And I'm actually going to write down a note because I meant, I meant to ma this pen doesn't work. <laughs> oh god and this pen doesn't have a thing in it you know that with the okay. why don't you find a pen and let me give me give my one last bit of trivia so yes. go find a pen okay, okay. so it it's actually soap opera related charles our chauffeur his, he's played by charles keating he actually was on three different daytime soaps he was on as the world turns port charles and where i know him best from uh, another world 
because my mom used to watch Another oh, World, and yeah. so I had to watch it by proxy. <laughs> so, and that's yes. and that is where I remember him because I was racking my brains, wondering why this guy looked so familiar, and then you know checked out the IMDb and was like, yes, I remember that guy <laughs> from that soap <laughs> opera from when I was a child and would have to stay yeah. home sick. And then once Price is Right was over, I was screwed and had to watch soap operas <laughs> with my mom. <laughs> Yeah, my mom was As the World Turns, Young and the Restless, and Guiding Light. Those were the ones she did, I believe. I my, think that sounds a... My mom did the ABC one, the big three for a while. She did um, All My Children, General One Life Hospital? to Live, and General Hospital. Okay. But then she got hooked on Another World. Okay. So. I don't think, yeah, my, my mom's favorite was Guiding Light. When they canceled Guiding Light, she was lost for a while. But she still does Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful. And whenever I go to see her, I always say, set aside a couple weeks. Because I watch Young and the Restless, and I'm like a month behind. I'm so terrible. Um, uh, but when I watch them, I, I'll watch like five or six at a time. I just haven't had time. Um, but but whenever I see my mom, I always say, Ma, stop watching Young and the Restless for about two weeks. Let's build up a pile of episodes. <laughs> and I get there, and we'll just watch. You know, when my dad was alive, it was... Um, you know, it was we'll 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 trade off between uh, Sanford and Son and Young and the Restless, and you know it was just great. But now we just do Young and the Restless. So, um, so that is that was that all you have for this one? This that, is episode. That's all I got for this one. So this is the penultimate one. We have one hour of the miniseries left. I'm ex- I'm excited. This is our our first our first miniseries, and I made a bad joke earlier to Kristen off air where I said this is our first miniseries, not our first mini series. <laughs> like to say beyond westworld or police squad our first mini series as a hyphen so uh crystal where can we find you online you can find me at aka kikiwrites.com it is the home of my podcast bookum dano an old hoi favo podcast you can find me at my blog kikiwritesabout.com and if you want my thoughts on soap operas in real time you can get that by following me on twitter at kikiwrites excellent uh thank you again and yeah next time we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up we're going to trial everyone maybe a couple and uh deep breaths and now we'll go to this the middleman episode 12 the Palindrome Reversal Palindrome, directed by Guy Norman B., written by Jordan Rosenberg, September 1st, 2008. I am going to use the Wikipedia description because there's a lot that goes on in the episode, and the description gets it pretty darn good. In the series finale, a taxing riddle leads our duo, Wendy and the Middleman, to the scene of a quantum singularity which tragically sends Wendy spiraling into an alternate universe, awakening to a world where nothing is what it seems, run by an Orwellian, totalian, totalitarian, totalian. I'm Mr. Totalian, and I'm here to run your Orwellian world. That was that's a tough thing to say, run by an Orwellian totalitarian corporation. Wow, they're doing that because the, the names of the episodes are all crazy and sometimes tough to say. I get it. I'm gonna do that sentence again. Awakening to a world where nothing is what it seems, run by an Orwellian totalitarian corporation, which you might recognize. Wendy must try to find a way back to her own world. She turns to her friends for help, but her friends are in this alt universe are a little different, and the one man she trusts has turned into a nihilistic chap wearing rebel who refuses to help. Let me give you a little burst of music and you'll meet our host on the other side. 
Middleman episode 12, the palindrome reversal palindrome. This is the last episode of the middleman. I am so sad to say, but I am here with my good friend, Danny Frank. And he is going to talk with me about this very, very sad last episode. Well, the episode's not sad. We're just sad that it's the last episode. Dan, how are you? Miss Hawes, how are you doing? I am I am so happy that you're here with me because I am really, really bummed that this show is ending. I like the middleman very much and I'm sad to see it go. I wish it ran for four thousand episodes. Me too. Me too. So what did you think about this particular episode? You know what? I gotta tell you, out of all the episodes, I like this one. <laughs> I uh I thought it was excellent. I'll tell you um it starts off and you don't quite know where it's going and then suddenly it goes in a whoa kind of direction and you think and you, you sort of think the, the episodes aren't as um, I mean the episode I think is only like 44, 45 minutes long and so you think huh, th- can this uh, can this be sa- when they send Wendy to whoa the other world you think can this be satisfying you know because is there going to be enough time but they actually do a really nice job of giving us everything we just about everything we need in the parallel world. I I almost thought when I was watching it that um, that if the show had come back for like a second or third season, we would have gone back to this world and learned more about it because it does have the feel of like we're getting we're getting point A, point B, point C, point D, that kind of thing, and we we get a lot, we learn a lot. It's very entertaining. It's very very nicely done. It's very funny. It's also kind of sad. Um, and then they send us back in the end. And when the episode ends, it doesn't... It feels a lot like the last episode of the Tick live-action series from, like, 2001, which wasn't meant to be the last episode. But they, when they aired it, they pitched it as the last episode. So you watched it, it was like, oh, that's a nice ending. But it wasn't meant to be. But that's kind of the way this feels. It's funny. It's sharp. It's weird. It's imaginative. It's everything you want the show to be. Um, the 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 women are gorgeous. The 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 guys are hunky as hell. And you just you just love it. It's almost a CW kind of thing. You want to go, yeah, come on. But but you you just everything is every everything works, and it's and it gives us a, an insight into another another space and another sort of world that the middlemen are in and um if you want to see the middleman without his shirt on for about 10 minutes and i didn't not enjoy it you can see it in this episode and so um i i think although i hate that this was the last one because this isn't like say police squad where like the six episodes of police squad are just this beautiful burst of of comedy and then you go away and you're like, we're done. You get to the end of this and you're like, I want more. But we're never going to get more. So shut up about it. <laughs> Ms. Hawes, what did you think of this one? Um, I And I didn't mean to sound rude when I said that. Like, what did you think of this? I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Suddenly it was it was alternate world me. It was al- what did happened? You, did you like I don't know grow a goatee or shave your face? I don't know what alternate world you would look like. <laughs> I do have my pants on backwards. I don't know if that means anything. 
if it was an episode of the monkeys that would mean that you um you were from you were actually an alien so <laughs> yes um no i i really like this episode this was a fabulous episode i think it it, it as much as I hate that this is the last episode of the season of the series, yeah. if this is the episode we have to go out on, I think it's a great episode to go out on, because yes. a lot of things did get kind of I won't say resolved, but left in a happy place. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. you're yeah. not dissatisfied that mm-hmm. I mean you're just uh, that with this particular ending. So it was a great episode mm-hmm. to end for you know a first season, but also. It ends up being a somewhat satisfying, happy ending for for the series. It's not like mm-hmm. we left on a cliffhanger. We didn't leave um, on a crappy episode. So many yeah, shows yeah. end up like just. We can think of one. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, how about um, uh, ISIS? Have you ever, you know, The Secrets of Isis, you know, oh. the show from the mid-70s? Yeah. That one ends with a, a backdoor pilot. Oh, yeah. Oh, Green Acres ends with two backdoor pilots. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, there, yeah. yeah there's... Because, you know, not every series, you know, gets an ending, a proper ending. December Bride. Yeah. Spring Byington is assassinated. I have no idea if that's true or not. I've never seen December Bride. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's true. But, I don't know. I'm just the guest here. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. There, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to unintentional series finales, this is actually a good one, and it is. If there's a lot that goes through, like you said, you don't know where you're you're going when this starts because it's usually we start with, "Hey, here's this case," and instead they're already investigating the case, and we're catching up. And then she ends up going to another world, and there's this whole thing with, you know, the Fat Boy Industries, which is what our world's Tyler works for. So um, we're already somewhat familiar with that. And it's just, I don't know, it, there's a lot in it, but they manage to just to get it all done. It all ties up nice and neat at the very end. So, but it's not so neat that it's like you couldn't see a second season coming out of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really it's a really great episode. Um, it it it's um and it even it even has a lovely moment with with Wendy and, and Tyler there saying they kind of love each other. Yes, and then which is really <laughs> and then Tyler gets picked up by a helicopter. That's exactly. I love um, what what is it uh, when Wendy says, you know, we were having a date and suddenly became Miss Saigon, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it was a great, which was a great guy. There are a lot of great Wendy and the middleman. I didn't write them down because I do nothing but repeat them. But they have a lot of great little lines and asides and things like that. With with what one of Wendy's being, I'm trapped in Alan Parker's version of Pink Floyd, The Wall. <laughs> yes. Was that though? Yeah, yeah, you kind of are. Yeah, you kind of are. Yeah. And uh, I. Oh, I'm sorry. I. You're in charge. I didn't want to. Oh uh, no. I, what What did you think of Tyler and Wendy finally declaring their love? Did you get verklempt and cry like Lacey did? I. I I I thought it was very. I mean, it, it's funny now that he. The the tr- the tricky thing is Tyler is left in a place where you don't quite think he should be because you think he should be making his music. Mm-hmm. 
And so this is like the second episode where he's in the manservant Neville world. And um but but then I mean, you know, the um what was it? Uh the middleman showed up in like a hazmat suit an episode or two ago. And manservant Neville shows up with a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like maybe this is just the kind of thing this is our this is our this is going to be our relationship is we're going to we're going to we're going to ha- we're about to make sweet sweet love <laughs> but then someone comes in and snags us yeah so that i mean and that could have been something i mean i th- i think there are sitcoms that would do that for like 7 or 8 years so i think they could have done that for a few episodes you know something like you know does do genie and you know larry hagman get together who knows? Uh, after four seasons, they did. But um, <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those. But it, it is a sweet scene to get. And I love the, the fact that she makes him some hot pockets. The American empanada. The American empanada. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joy. It's it's it, it really is, it it really is interesting to see that. I mean, I love too that they gave her a boyfriend who now has a job that's as intrusive as her job. Mm-hmm was and it's kind of nice granted it's the last episode and we're never ever going to see <laughs> where we're going to go from here i'm sorry yeah and, and Lacey, but, Lacey has uh some good wisdom for wendy on that because she said that that she went through the same thing when wendy got her job and that the oh, person yeah. hasn't changed just the circumstances yes yeah yeah it's uh can I so, so what did you think of the middleman without a shirt on? Um, you know, I didn't hate it. <laughs> he's he's a hunk. He is. I mean, he's he, the, the the joy of Matt Kessler is that he he's obviously. I mean, what he's in waiting for Guffman. Very, he's not in waiting for Guffman a lot, but when he's in it, I hate you. And I hate your ass face. Um, uh, when he's in um, Waiting for Guffman, he's uh, that's what Corky says to him. I'm not just <laughs> saying that to to, to Kristen here. Uh, um, uh, but but when he's in he, Waiting for Guffman, he's cl- I mean the point of it is that he's clearly like he's clearly a hunky guy in this small town. And when he's here, it's so great. He's in his Eisenhower outfit. And he's he's got his hair cut, and he's always he's very drinking his milk, and he's being a good boy. But then when he's there with his, you know, he's humping his heavy metal hog, and he's got his shirt off, and he's just like, oh my gosh, Doctor Hunkenstein. <laughs> Doctor Hunkenstein. Yes, this is an accurate name for him <laughs> because yeah, he's straight hubba hubba when he's with his eye patch, looking like snake yes. skin. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I like cause you're expecting because it's an alternate reality, so you're expecting okay, alternate reality middleman. But I was not expecting him to be shirtless. <laughs> Neither was I. And yeah, it was, I don't no, know. It was not a bad surprise. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. What did you think of Ida, the um, the uh, the alternate Ida? I love that alternate Ida because she's, you know, now this hot woman. Uh, getting mm-hmm. a tan in the tanning bed because she's rejoicing that she can't get cancer. Um, and <laughs> yet the voice and the attitude are still very much I yes. Like there was no mistaking when Wendy mm-hmm. first meets her and she insults her and she's like, yep, you're definitely Ida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I love that they kept that, that they didn't 
that that's like one part of her program and they did not alter. They could yeah. change her, her appearance, but not her attitude. I loved that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, there's actually so much that happens in the episode. It's only 45 minutes, but it's crazy. The, the palindrome stuff and the, um, oh, may I, may I ask, I know you're leading this discussion, mm-hmm. but, um, may I ask, did you, I, I must have missed it. Did you grasp why they do the switch? The two guys do the switch. Mm-hmm. One goes from a. Why did the guy from our world go to their world? I missed it. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that he is, he fits in more in that other world. Okay. Whereas that uh-huh. the the one guy that came to our world is very sweet and nice, and he wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. and that's why he kept le- leaving the mirror things. All yes. Over. Is he really wanted to be an artist? But um, yeah, he belongs in our world, and okay. the other guy was obviously. It's like they, it's almost like switched at birth. They just ended mm-hmm. up in the wrong universes instead of with the wrong parents. Okay. Because I felt bad for him because he, he finally gets to the earth where he feels like, I guess he feels like he fits in, and then he gets shot in the head like 10 minutes after he gets there. So it's like, oh, darn well, it. Well, you know, I think that's how he'd want to go out. <laughs> Probably. He's like, you're going to shoot me? In the-? Yes. All right. Uh, it's, um, 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 you know, I, I gotta tell you, um, (laughs) Noser being exactly the same as he normally is, but with a rifle. Yeah. Is something. (laughs) He is definitely like the angry version of Noser. It's, it's that thing where, um, when he, he, cause he's, um. He's asking. Uh, he's asking Wendy. He's going through Shaft lyrics, mm-hmm. and um, but they're much. It's all a little angrier. Well, yeah, because he's using it as a password. Whereas, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when she, because they go through the Shaft lyrics in like I don't know the first or second episode, and, and yeah, that's right. It's yeah. a casual back and forth, like almost conversation like that's how that's a greeting mm-hmm. for them but in this universe it's a password to get into this exotic dancer weird loft <laughs> with with the alternate universe Lacey who is quite hot as a brunette I will say uh I won't disagree with yeah. you I liked her very much <laughs> as did I <laughs> and that especially at the end where she's in um uh I, th- I think at, at the final scene where she's with the um, where she's with the middleman now, and she's got like um, I think I want to say she has little shorts on. Yeah, she's basically got I... Wendy's uniform on except with short shorts instead of pants. Yes, and I I found that enjoyable, and I'm glad ABC Family <laughs> had the cojones to show that. Yes, I, I appreciate that they gifted us that for a parting <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me that. Um, well, should we talk a little bit about the palindrome and the whole point? Because we know these guys switch places. Sure, yeah. But basically the reason why they, these guys go through, because they steal all of this stuff to make this, pal, this whatever this machine is. I don't know. I probably wrote it down yes. somewhere. I forget what it's called. Yeah. But I... it, it opens up a, a portal to an alternate dimension. And it involves them stealing this stuff, which is what – Middleman and Wendy are researching when they finally give up. Or Ida's over there 
folding origami while they go through it. <laughs> and then somebody comes through and they steal eyeballs from dolls, which is dolls a eyeballs, friggin' yeah. nightmare scene. As he's holding this up and it's going, Mama! And it has no eyes in it. Yeah, sleep tonight. <laughs> yes. Good luck. And, and it's... And don't they say they're like um, psychologists or so? I forget what they say they are, but they're not helpful oh, they're to grief the counselors. gentleman at all. Grief counselors, yes. <laughs> you don't seem like grief yeah. counselors to me. Because uh, she says, hey, sob story at one point. What are these eyes made <laughs> out of? And he says, well, he went green before Egg Bigley Jr. made it cool. <laughs> yes, that's right. And it turns out they're made out of this stuff, which middleman knows what it mm-hmm. is and he is like my god do you know what you have done and he's like freaking out and the guy's like what kind of grief counselors are you <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's like because then he's explaining it to wendy and he says something to the effect of this is a sack of like a sack full of eels and coat hangers oh and then yeah he's like my little pony <laughs> my little pony yeah, he's got some good ones in this yeah. episode. I think I, th- I think they put put the the uh, the ones like that in there to differentiate from his other self. Yeah, who does a lot more swearing. Yes, but... yes. <laughs> There's a lot of great. He does a lot of great swearing that gets beeped out. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah, they they build this machine so they can switch places. But Wendy, because the guy who's on our side that is going over to the other side. Middleman is convinced that he'll do a monologue and he doesn't. Yes, and so no. it's actually Middleman monologuing about all of the reasons why he could be doing this and he's just like, <laughs> no. And yeah, she gets accidentally sucked into the other side and has to make yes. her way back and um, she finds out that Fat Boy Industries has taken over and everybody gets an air- their aerosol sprayed soup. Oh, yes. That- <laughs> There's a there's a great at the closing credits. There's a great bit where you just see the 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 long shot of just like person extra after extra getting soup sprayed into their mouths. It's a great uh, don't cut in line. Okay, okay. Uh, can I have her soup? It's just yeah, they just a spray of soup, and so yes. Um, what what did you think of the other world where the alternate universe everybody lived? And the seas are full of benzene, and there are bears. <laughs> I I actually think that um, that would have been a fun place to go back to as the show went along, because I think it would have got better from that. I, th- I think what we're seeing is the absolute worst time in that alternate world, and I think Wendy's visit there is starting to make it, it will start to make it better. Mm-hmm. So I I love to, I'd actually love to see it like two or three seasons down the line if she suddenly goes there and it's better than our world, and and he's like and middleman's like come on back and she's like I don't want to come back, it's better over here everyone's everyone's happier here we're having a better time yeah. but yeah it's it's a horrible 1984 Pink Floyd the Wall Alan Parker you know police state Brazil kind of thing and um uh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like you, you can't walk 10 feet without someone asking for your identification. And I thought, you know, that would, that would truly drive me up the wall if I lived in a world like that. Luckily I don't, (laughs) at least in my house. Yes. No one in my house, my dog looks at me and goes, I know who you are. Everyone else here is good. 
but um but yeah it's 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 an interesting world because i um and when you learn what actually is happening in the end and it's a great moment because it's like it's an alternate it's um it's an alternate world so you sit there waiting to see which what the what the characters are doing what how they're acting yeah and so, so you wait to see, you know, where, where this person is, where that person is, where that person, and then when you discover that Pip <laughs> is the hero of the world, and, and Wendy can't, she, and a, and a priest, and it's like she's, and he's just sitting there, like I'm gonna help you, my child, I'll t-, and he's, like, she's like, what is going on? <laughs> and and then and then of course you learn who, when you think about it for a second. And I, I won't say who it is. Maybe we will. But when you learn who the worst person in this world is, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and Joe 90 actually became a lawyer, sure. and he works for Fatboy Industries, but he hangs out at Lacey's exotic dancer yes. room. Yes. And Lacey, because she had gone to, I guess, a Fatboy darning camp where she now knows more <laughs> about men's underwear than you should. Um, <laughs> She's she's not vegetarian because she because she serves um, Hassenpfeffer I think. They do have Hassenpfeffer yeah. there, yes. <laughs> so she's no, definitely not animal rights. That's her evilness, mm. I guess. Yeah. And yeah, and um, you find out that the reason why middleman the alt middleman is the way he is is because his middleman apprentice was murdered. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Should we say who that was? Uh, we're gonna a uh, spoiler for a couple of minutes, yeah, I guess. Spoiler folks. for a couple of yeah, minutes. Um, so it was Tyler, and yes, he was murdered by an unseen assailant, and they have never been able to find out who pulled that trigger. Dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's um. Now, now I can't stop thinking of Lacey and her, um, the brunette Lacey. <laughs> mm, she's as a blonde, she's very yeah. Mm, but uh, I'll take any. I'll take. I'll take whatever she got. Yeah. I I will not. <laughs> you know, Wendy too. I'll have both of them come on over. We'll have uh, you know. I'll get some pizza and we'll we'll hang out. It'll be yeah. Because at the beginning, Wendy says, "Does this?" Because he's go, middleman's going through all these scenarios about what'll happen if they don't figure out why yes. these things are being stolen. And she's like, "Wait, does this scenario involve me being wearing a bikini again?" And he's like, <laughs> "Unlikely, but." <laughs> and that yeah, that's great because it's um. So, you know, it's something like this may take 12 hours or something like that. We just got to throw out random ideas. And he just starts saying the stupidest things. And it's like, oh, when he's like, oh, my God. (laughs) The nose against the grindstone. My bloody nose against the grindstone. Yes. And I like to, because I just happened to scan my notes and see this, that the reason why the alt-universe Ivan's could communicate was they both had freak accidents that destroyed their pineal oh, gland, yes. but his was a freak limbo accident. <laughs> and now I want to know how that happens. Yes, and that's right because the um the guy in the um the sorority episode yes. he had the pineal gland also was was damaged or removed or something happened to it. So that's kind of nice that it's like. If you have your pineal gland, pineal gland removed, which probably doesn't happen that often, 
but it's it's happened several times in the show these 12 episodes something you you get a connection yeah to um not 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 a supernatural world per se but other worlds other worlds it's it's definitely a nice little continuity bit too yeah yeah that's right cuz the moment i heard that i thought i'll talk about Descartes and then i thought oh crap i did that several episodes ago <laughs> no one wants to hear that it's again been done. oh oh god oh god uh, um, so, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I I'm so used to saying, so what do you have? Um, but, uh, I don't want to well, say so that. So what do you have? What else do you have, Dan? Scan your notes. I, um, Wendy's great throughout. Mm-hmm. No matter, and, and, and spoiler again, evil Wendy is awesome yes. too. So they're both, they're both really good. And, um, and, um, I just, uh, like at the end, it's just like, her and the like when when her and the middleman together, mm-hmm. it's such such a nice, such a nice moment, and it's just like 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 you said, it's like um, some shows last episodes are like, eh, and, and, and some shows have a proper final episode, but then some shows do have episodes that feel like they're the final episode, although they're not meant to be, and this one kind of has a lovely sort of, the universe is in safe hands. Yeah. I'd love to see more of these adventures, but I'm glad that we have the 12 we have. So, so that that's about it for me. I think with this this episode, because I think it's a it's if you enjoyed the first 11, it's not like you're gonna suddenly watch this one and go, holy crap, why did I waste my time? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it, and you're gonna see um, it's gonna be some fun. You're gonna laugh. You may see um, some attractive people being attractive. Yeah. And uh, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. And you will. It's, it's always nice when we, we do one of the shows on here, like, say, Search. When we got to the end of Search, I thought, okay, would I have liked more episodes of Or Ellery Queen is probably the best example. Would I have liked more episodes of Ellery Queen? Yes, because that show was fantastic. But am I okay with the fact that we got a great two-hour TV movie in, like, 21 or 22 excellent hour-long episodes i am boom story the book gotta close and if the book has to close after the 12 episodes of middleman i'm okay with that so yeah i, I don't have anything else on this one i, I don't have any trivia everyone was in magnum pi <laughs> well as it happens dan i do have some trivia Oh my gosh! Uh, none of it's Magnum PI related, actually. Damn. Um, just Ivan Avi, our palindrome man. He yes. was played by Kevin Sussman. He went on to be Stuart Bloom on The Big Bang Theory. I don't watch that show, but there you go. And oh, of course, yeah, I thought I recognized him. Yeah, yes, I did yes, too, and I could not figure out why. And it's just because of happen like random glancings because my dad loves Big yes. Bang Theory. So <laughs> when it happens to be on. That's where I knew him from. Um, also, oh Mirror Ida, the hot Ida, who ends up, spoiler alert, going back to being regular Ida. Yes. <laughs> when the middleman decides she, to get back get back on the middle horse. She seems much more comfortable. Yes. Um, it, she was played by um, Heidi Marnhout. And I mm. just want to point out that she was Callie in Bubba Hotep because Bubba Hotep is an excellent film. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Bubba Hotep's a gorgeous film. What What is the... What do the stars say at the end? All is well, All is well. or whatever. I forget. Oh my yes. gosh! Oh, uh, if you if you're not crying at that point, 
you're a jerk. <laughs> All is well. Oh yes, I was. I she looked from a. I she almost had um a bit of uh, uh a, a name I haven't said in decades. Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. Feel to her, she, like a slightly smaller version. I don't mean to say that Anna Nicole Smith was huge. I mean. Uh, there, there was the huge in one area, mm-hmm. and you know she's and I'm just what I got. If you could see my hands, <laughs> they're going like over here and over there. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. I'm gonna say, isn't it great that every time there was a time stamp on it, it was like five fifty five, eleven eleven. It was like palindrome times. Yes, yes, and that they were going to uh, 1997 Fliskin Circle. I think, or, or yes, that's right. And then at one point, their their names were um, Russell and Van Cleef. <laughs> nice. Yes, very nice, very nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, if that's all you have on the episode, um, what, what I'm guessing that you really enjoyed the series overall. I did. I did too. Um, I I really feel like 2008 slept on the show. The show. This show should yeah. have had a, a really good run, a decent run, and it didn't get it. It's just there there was not a bum episode in the lot. No, there isn't. Everything there really was great. Isn't, yeah. The jokes were great. The fact mm. that they were able to balance some of the most ridiculous scenarios like <laughs> luchadores. Zombie fish. Zombie fish yeah. with a lot of heart and yes. some, a real emotional weight. Um, mm. Even in this final episode i mean we still had our moments so Mm -hmm. i mean wendy sums it up at the end when she tells her mom that she's very happy yes yes it sucks that we only got 12 episodes of that but i'm very grateful for the 12 episodes that we got you got it because we we there you know there are so many um there's so many shows that just blow a goat (laughs) just are just horrible just are horrible and and it's so good that we get these these 12 are just they're just so sweet and so funny and so sharp and exciting and weird and imaginative and wonderful and you just um i you know it's it's i don't i don't want to say precious but it's it's nice to have it's nice to have a show like this here you know because because we can always go back and watch them again, and 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 it just it just you want to go to every actor who was on the show and hug them, yes. and maybe a couple of them you want to give a bit of a reach around, <laughs> but not in a not in an unpleasant way, you know, just in a way where it's like I'm your friend, ho ho, you know what I mean? A consensual reach you know around. What I mean. You it's precisely, you'd be like, I just like you to sign this notarized paper <laughs> that says I can give you a little bit of because <laughs> there are hot people on the show I mean come on you know this isn't you know this isn't like December Bride you know it's not a bunch of old people like Henry Morgan and, and, and Spring Byington I may have Henry Morgan Henry Morgan may not be on the show but I may have made that up but Spring Byington is they're old people you know it's just like you know you know it's like you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <sighs> Reach around. <laughs> well, Dan, if that's all you have. Well, yes. Um, I'm going to tell everyone where they can find me online, and then we'll ask you where you we can find you online, okay? 
That sounds great. Well, you can find me at akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of my other podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. You can also find me at my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. And you can find me talking about hot people all day, every day, on Twitter (laughs) at kikiwrites. So, Dan, where can we find you online? Uh, If you uh, rewind this episode about 30 minutes, you'll find me talking about something else. And if you go back an hour, I'm probably talking about something else. So if you just listen, I'm here. <laughs> and I, I'm cold right now, but they feed me. <laughs> that Merry Christmas. <laughs> and I guess that's the end of this episode of Eventually Super Train, right? Yes. <laughs> so I guess I'll let you go back to your world now, Dan. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks everybody for listening. Bam 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 bam. And so endeth episode one forty. Goodbye, middleman. You shall be missed. Next episode, we will continue with Gold Monkey, and we'll finish Fresno. And a little something fun Christmassy that I haven't decided on yet. So thanks again to my hosts. Uh, they're all wonderful, aren't they? It's a, good, it's a good, uh, good batch of hosts this year. So I wish you and yours well. And uh, we'll go out with a little bit of, well, exactly what you think we'd go out since Middleman ended. The Middleman theme one more time. 